good enough? Okay. Hello. All right. We're back. Yeah, we are back. And it's been a little a little gap, I would say, a few weeks. I think originally we were planning to try and do something like weekly, bi-weekly, something like that. It's been a little longer than that because we wanted to make sure that we provided the best episode as possible, I would say. And we listened to it and we were like, is this good enough? And it was not good enough. <laughs> Yeah, it was not good enough, so I think this is just part of us learning how to do this podcast thing, and we have Nala over here, the dog, walking around. If you hear any background noise, that's our Nala, but yeah, so we were trying to just make sure that we had the best episode possible, and we didn't want to post something that we felt wasn't up to our standards. And it wasn't that the content wasn't great, it was just we realized that we lacked a little bit of focus, and so... Mm. I think going forward, you're going to realize that we're still going to have fun, but we're going to really try to get to the topics we want to talk about sooner rather than later. Yeah, definitely. And we're going to be adding in some audio from the other one because you told me something that was like a surprise to me. So I still want to have that in there. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be as much of a surprise, but we can overlay it. (laughs) Yeah, we'll overlay it. So if there's some weird editing too, we're still learning how to edit, but you know, bear with us and we appreciate everyone listening. So... Other than that, let's get started for today. That was such like a somber opening. We're like, hello, guys. <laughs> hello, sorry, our episode was bad. <laughs> like, It wasn't good enough for myself. Yeah, sorry it wasn't good enough. Yeah. But, you know, at least we're living the title, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not sorry it wasn't good enough. I think it, learning experiences are completely necessary for this process. But yeah. um, I, I guess, like, what's going on really quick, yeah. like, high level Nothing much going on in my life, just working like crazy, getting ready to move, and staying out of coronavirus's way. That's about it for me. Yeah. Honestly, if you ask me what was new, I would say I've been doing the same thing for the past, like, six months now. So, same. Just working, working out, doing my thing. So, I mean, we can just get right into it then. Yeah. So, today, what we really want to talk about is being mumps, which is you know, our mixed up mixed kids acronym, right? Yeah, we're mumpkin. Yeah, we're mumpkin. So I would say for me, the first thing that always was like associated with my mixedness or like something that I always had to deal with was body dysmorphia. Yes, absolutely. Can relate 100%, maybe 110%. Like let's go above and beyond. Be better than good enough. Yeah, for real. So I think one thing about being a mixed kid, especially just being a mixed kid of Asian descent, is that Asian people are small. Usually, um, you know, they have a stereotype of being smaller and, you know, shorter, very, very slim usually. And being mixed with the Greek, that did not pan out for me, I feel like. I definitely have, like, wider hips and... Maybe a little bit bigger bones, I would say. And I'm not I'm not too tall though, so I'm kind of around I maybe I'm tall for like Asian height, but I'm five okay. four, so I think it's kinda like average. I have so my mom is five six. 
And then my grandmother is like 4'11". So I think that there's a bit of a range that you can work with. <laughs> yeah. But I'm there with you. I mean, I'm six feet tall, mm-hmm. broad shoulders, big boobed, you know, the whole like nine yards. And like you see my pictures with me and my Asian family because my brother and I are the only two kids in the entire family that are mixed, yeah. you know. And so we stand out in family photos like no other. It's yeah. like short, 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 tall. Kind of like our sorority photos. Right. Yeah. So then that's actually something else too. Like, did you ever feel insecure like at family gatherings when you weren't, when you feel like you don't look like your cousins or? Oh, all the time. But the, diff- the thing is because Asians don't hold back, they were always commenting on how I was different too. So mm-hmm. it wasn't just, I felt that way. It was like a, Anak, you should lose more weight. But here's another, like, bowl of rice that you need to finish. Right. And it's just, it was a lot of, you know, oh, you could be smaller. and it, Or you could be lighter, you yeah. know, so on and so forth. And they don't think that those comments are damaging because it's just like a, they want to, they in their eyes, they think they're making you the best that you can be to fit in with the family. But it right. was like, really looking back on it, I was like, oh, lots of not great stuff. Oh, yeah, definitely. And for me, too, I feel like, like, I knew I, like, I would be with my family and I could tell that I was, like, look different, but they never made me feel different. But I always feel like it's something that kind of you, like, enforce on yourself, too, sometimes. You're like, wow, I look really different or, like, wow, you know, but... Yeah, I mean, on top of that, then you have, you know, we grew up during the time where societal pressures were high, right? Yeah. Where MTV, VH1, music videos, you know, we were buying Cosmo, teen, you know, all those teen magazines, the teen zines. And I think that our culture mixed with the whole, what was going on in society, it's like, man, I'm really mixed up because it's like on both sides, you're getting it not just from the Asian side, but then the American press is pushing this perception onto you yeah it's so true too and then with that there's not really a lot of like mixed or like some people say hapa sometimes when they say half asian there's not a lot of role models in media that you could even look up to so i feel like growing up especially when i started getting into fitness i couldn't even find someone with my body shape or like my body type because i liked following a lot of like asian lifters but they're just so small and i was like wow, like, I want her body, but then I'm looking at my body, and I'm like, I can never, my body shape would never even be like that, and so now I feel like there are maybe some more, like, mixed actors kind of coming up, like, Shay Mitchell is half Asian and half white, and some other people, but it's still, there's, like, that lack of, um, like, lack of in the media, yeah, and I think, you know, they always say that in 20 to 40 years is the estimate that... Everyone's mixed, right? Everyone's going to be mixed and look like each other. But, you know, as long as immigration is strong, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think a lot of times that it, it's just the way things are written, right? You look at a story and they're like, oh, this person has to look Asian. Right. And so by default, because you and I don't look Asian, we're like crossed off that list. Not that you and I are trying to go get acting careers and Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's just... It all comes down to what you look like. It doesn't uh-huh. matter, like, what your culture is, what your background is. You know, it's just, like, do you look the part? And right. I think it's just not looking the part. And that's why we don't see a lot of halfies. Like, the halfies that we do see look to just be that one, one side yeah. that mm-hmm. they're trying to cast as a role. Right. That's so, so true. 
Because, like, Rob Schneider is Filipino. Rob Schneider. I'm not even sure if I know who Rob Schneider is. Uh, he... So, have you ever seen Fifty First Dates? Yes. Uh, so, <laughs> he plays the little character that's, like, Adam Sandler's friend. I'll just... <laughs> so, Rob Schneider. Yeah. So, Rob Schneider does not look Asian whatsoever, I would say. Yeah. He looks like a white dude. Yeah, he totally is, but he's Filipino. Wow. I mean, now that you say it, it's like, oh, okay, but it's because he has those blue eyes. He does not look Filipino. Yeah, actually, in Fifty First Dates, they had him play, um, I can't remember the name of the character, but he was totally Hawaiian, Islander, like, native. Oh. Um. (laughs) We're Googling it right now. So if you're trying to understand what we're talking about, go ahead and Google Rob Schneider, Fifty First Dates. But... Yeah, so Rob Schneider is a half Asian. Surprise. Yeah. So getting back to what we were talking about with body dysmorphia, how did you navigate that? And then what advice would you give to someone who is, you know, mixed and maybe they feel like they just don't have? Um, For me, so I know that like we're going to be probably talking about this, but part of it was, I, I mean, I'm still kind of going through it was like I finding my identity of who I am as a person mm-hmm. and realizing that, yes, I can check two boxes on a census thing yeah. that, that doesn't necessarily define me. Um, it really changed when I was like in this period of my life where I was like in between relationships, I was single, living my best life. And I finally looked in the mirror and I was like, I saw myself as beautiful, I think, for the first time ever. Yay. And, <laughs> Yay. <laughs> and that's when I realized that, you know, I don't have to look a certain way. And I think that the, the best advice that I can give to anyone is that the path to loving others is to love yourself first. And in order to do that, you just have to block out the noise. Like, do I still have issues today? Um, You know, especially with everything that's going on in terms of race in our country. Absolutely. Like, I'm sitting here questioning every aspect of my life in different ways. Like, I'm kind of back in this bubble of which, where do I go? Which box do I check? And I have to sit back and say, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I think at this point, I just, I don't know. Like, yeah, I have privilege because I don't look a certain way. But have I had racist things happen to me? Yeah. Have I had people tell me to go back to countries? Have I had people assume me to be ethnicities that I am not because I look a certain way? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like, I want to say, hey, love yourself and tell yourself to not fit in a box. But to be completely honest with the current affairs of our country, I can't tell someone that they're going to be able to overcome that easily mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, finding that identity. Like, how about you? Like, what? Um, yeah, I mean, when it comes to body dysmorphia, as, like, someone who, like, severely struggled with that, like, growing up, I had, like, really bad eating problems at one point, and, like, you know me, I'm really, if if anyone listening who knows me, I'm really into fitness. Like, I work out, like, five times a week, I would usually say, and, you know, always kind of moving and doing things, and... Like how I was saying before, I just couldn't find that body where I was like, oh, I want to look like her because she has the same body type as me. So it like you kind of said too, finally accepting yourself and looking in the mirror and saying like, oh, like, you know what? I'm not going to try and have a body that looks like someone else's. I'm just going to have the best body that I can build for myself. And I think that's kind of where I came to terms with stuff. Um, 
I wanted to say something else, but let me think for a second. Uh, what I wanted to say too with body dysmorphia, like just even stepping away from talking about like being mixed, like mixed up mixed kids and body just like body dysmorphia in general with body dysmorphia, I'd say um, just remember that your body is a vehicle for like you and your soul and your spirit and whatever it is. So like you said, as long as you're keeping it healthy and happy and it's serving its purpose, I think that's the most important thing. And its purpose is to be that vehicle for you to get around and see things and move around and enjoy life. And so when it comes down to body dysmorphia, if you're ever feeling insecure about like how you look, just remember that your body's amazing no matter how it is because it's enabling you to do so much. And especially like for me being mixed, it came down to me saying, well, you know what, like my body is then unique because I am mixed and I have these different elements coming from other, you know, ethnicities. And so I'm going to make the best body I can and uh, really hold that uniqueness to my heart and be proud of it instead of disliking it and letting it be like a dampener for me. You take care of that body. Plus, I also (laughs) can like speak to how hard you work. Oh, like, thanks. Uh, I just wish there was a CrossFit gym open because we were like, when we live in the same city, we're going to gym so hard. And then we were like right there and then all the gyms are You closed. can come to my gym sometime. It's $10 for a guest, but we have all the rigs and stuff for CrossFit workouts. So it's pretty. I know. I promised yeah. you I'd let you put me through like a geriatric <laughs> one. So we can do we it. Can and also, out. I have to check out the gym at my new place. Apparently, it's kind of dope. Oh, really? so. and, and, oh, that's nice. How so maybe, maybe we'll be like. Doing fitness and then mm-hmm. podcasting. Podcast, like on the treadmill. Like, today we're coming at you for the <laughs> treadmill. <laughs> you got jokes. Like, I would even say, hey, today we're coming to from like running on a treadmill. Yeah, right. <laughs> like wheezing. Oh, man. Okay. So I think that is definitely, um, don't be too hard on yourself if you feel mixed up when it comes to your body and just dealing with, you know, body dysmorphia, your also, size, the hair on it, like whatever yeah. it is, the skin tone. Also know that there's like two people here, at least, at least two. There's plenty more of us, but we're both mixed and like complete opposite body types too. Yeah. So there's not a one size fits all model not to being all. mixed at all. You could be Asian and American or Asian and Greek or whatever it is. And your body can look a million different ways. Cause I got some inches on X Tina. So <laughs> Just be proud of it. You're beautiful. (laughs) Just the way you are. Yeah, literally. Let's see. What other things? Also, I think the other thing we want to talk about was, like, our names. Because we have very, like, my first and last name are, my maiden last Mm -hmm. name sounds Yugoslavian and Russian. And my first name is Irish. Mm -hmm. And then I got married. And so my name is now Irish-German. Yeah, and how do you like navigate through that? Like, does your do you feel like your name really ties to your ethnicity and like your identity? So I think like a lot of people think that name is your is yeah. what you should look like, mm-hmm. and so at work we talk about microaggressions a lot, mm-hmm. and especially with everything that's going on with you know COVID, not being in the office, and then suddenly you're meeting all of these people, and you're suddenly on webcam, and the number one microaggression I get all the time is... You don't look like you your name. You don't yeah. look like your name. And I always say, what, do, what am I supposed to look like? Right. Is kind of my, you know, passive, aggressive response <laughs> to kind of call attention to it in a professional manner. I mean, it's true, though. Like, yeah. you should say something. Like, what, like, what should I look like? You know, have that sort of, like, what? <laughs> yeah, and... 
And so that's just kind of my thing. I mean, talking about our experience with the sorority is that I was the first name that came up in our sorority's presidential Mm -hmm. history that didn't have like an Asian sound. You know, Mm -hmm. we have like Fuentes and Dolores and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. And, you know, that's Philip. They were Filipino. And I myself coming in and it's like, when? And then blah, blah, blah. It was just like kind of crazy. And I really was afraid that people were not going to be okay with me leading them because my name wasn't the same as theirs. Right. Yeah. And I think something, too, that's going along a lot with, like, just everything going on with the world and people sort of, like, finding their identity more is that people who used to Americanize their names more are using their Asian names again and stuff like that to find that sense of, like, identity, which is good. I think it's... Name does definitely tie to your identity a lot. For me, I always got, like, my last name ends in an ES. So naturally, people would look at me, and I'm tan, and I look kind of, like, Asian, but then a lot of times they just think I'm Latino because it's, like, it's and they'll always just think my last name ends in Tez, and then they would always just assume that I was Latino. And I feel like that bothered me a lot because I couldn't, like, because, of course, I want to be identified as what I am, which was Asian and Greek. So... That was always something, too, that's been hard to navigate. And like you said, suddenly if you're leading an Asian org, you're like, wow, my name's up there. I'm president of this. And it's people are going to be like, why isn't it Wen or Wong or these common Asian names? But I think, again, it kind of goes back to the body dysmorphia. It ends up being what makes you unique and different and to be proud of that name and where it comes from. Yeah. And you really, I feel like we... I don't know if you went through this, but I, I feel like I didn't know my name didn't fit me until recently when people would just say comments like that. Yeah. And well, I was like, why does my name matter? Because people get adopted all the time. I honestly was like unfazed by your name. Like I never thought like, wow, that name is an Asian. But maybe it was because I was like, my last name is an Asian either. So I was just like, you know, you know, honestly, I think it's because like one of my best friends he was also mixed like me and so his last name his dad was in the navy his mom was from japan classic yeah so like he has this americanized last name so i didn't think about anything until you know but then i also think sorry this is a a kind of diverting in a weird direction i should not apologize i should not be sorry i'm trying to work (laughs) on that by the way it's like we shouldn't be apologizing for things randomly bad habit trying to cut it but Another thing is, like, learning how to say names, I think, is I just make a plug for that. Yeah. Because even though my name is, could be considered American, people take the effort to learn my god, like, awful long last name. Mm -hmm. But yet someone comes in and they say, hey, my name is Young Chen, and people don't take the time to listen, and it's a two-syllable word. We're like, Young Chen. No, you're like, Young it's just kind of that's so disrespectful in right. my opinion like they'll they'll be willing to learn the name that sounds kind of white and whatever it's like because there's crazy like polish last names and you know names that are really hard to say sometimes but then these simple asian names are coming in you're right and they're not there's two syllables yeah, the whole name first and last name two syllables whereas my last name was four right and people would take the time to like teach me teach me how to say yeah. it and i was like if this were something else crazy, like, would you be trying right now? But I think people just get intimidated because I understand the whole phonetics thing. Like, mm-hmm. when you look at it, it doesn't sound the way it looks. But it's like, 
we're a melting pot country. Take the time to educate and learn that little bit. Yeah, take the time to learn. And then as someone with the name, like, take, like, go ahead and keep correcting them until they get it right. Like, don't back down. I think a lot of people will oh just gosh, say, yes. they'll be like, oh, yeah, like, I told them it twice, and then, you know, it's fine. Like, everyone just messes it up, so I, I'm just going to go with it, like... No, yeah. be confident. Yeah. Don't be afraid to correct someone because they don't say your name right. Exactly, because it's your name. So, you know, if someone was messing up the name, like, Beth, like, you would probably keep correcting them until they got it right, you know? So just make sure that you're you're sticking with your name, too. <laughs> also, the name is, like, one of the few things someone can never take away from you unless you choose to change it. Facts, yeah. So you should be, like protecting that at all costs in my opinion i understand people have gripes about names but for me i just see it as this privilege and this part of me it's the one thing no one can take from me and i want to hold on to as long as possible right and like no one really has the same name as you they it's possible but you know your your name's usually pretty unique yeah for sure unique names i do think it's funny I know this is really random, but, like, people always comment on my first name. Oh, really? Yeah, because it's also the other thing I get with my first name is that, oh, okay, at first they're like, you don't look like your name, and then it's like, wow, there's, like, no one your age with that name anymore. Dang, it's true. Names go through, like, phases, like, you know, <laughs> like, there's, like, all, like, the Karens that are, like, around a certain age. That's why all of the Karens are, like, people are saying Karens are Gen Xers. Exactly, but then I feel like, you know, in a few years, like, what if the next meme is, like, don't be a Nicole, you know, like, these, like, really common names that are, like, in our generation. They're gonna be the new, the new Karens. I was just thinking of, like, the name game. Remember when that was the thing when we were kids? Oh, yeah, the name game? I still play the name game. <laughs> Babs, babs, go babs, banana fans, go babs, eat my moment. I guess that didn't really work. There's a lot of babs. I was really good at, like, I was always really good at the name games. Like, we would go around the circle. I'd be, like, waiting. I'm, like, I think I'm such a competitive person. Like, when competitive nature, like, we can be playing, like, the simplest game. And I'm, like, okay, I'm ready. Like, let's go. <laughs> like, I, Yeah, I was totally the kid that would make sure I was last so I could show off. I totally get it. Mm-hmm, you're, like, naming 20 things. We do that with, at, like, different, like, actions too sometimes when I was a camp counselor and I would be like doing like a 10 move dance I'd be like like going around (laughs) but (laughs) for real (laughs) like we can't be like all serious and on track the whole time we have to be able to divert a little bit yeah so I think we kind of like touched on our sorority and not being white enough and not Asian enough and so I think that that's actually like a really great segue into not fitting into either world because I definitely get told, like, hey, you're not white enough because you're blah, blah, blah. And I have been told by people close to us that I am not Asian enough. Really? Yeah. For just, like... It was just that they were... They just felt that it was appropriate to tell me because I am not fully Asian, that I do not know the oh you don't understand like xyz that i don't understand it so i don't really have a right to claim to any pains that come with it and i was like whoa dang i was like wait and then you know on the american side then everyone's like well you're american so you're privileged and i'm like where 
where do I? Right. But then Americans are like, but you look different, so you don't really fit in. So you're just like, whoa, where do I fit? And this is why I was kind of dressing earlier. It's just like, where? Because, like, if you went into, if you went into, like, mid, like, some country-ish area, like, in the middle of the Midwest, like, my mom and I stopped at, um, in Ohio at Cracker Barrel, and, like, the looks you get are insane. And, like, I am. I'm half white, so it's like. They still weren't looking at me like I was white, though. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I got an actually crazy story. Um, a couple crazy stories, but I'll start with one. Is So, Zach and I were in Indiana, and um, we were just sitting there holding hands, walking through, and enough people kept staring at us that Zach got uncomfortable and looked at me. He said, we need to eat dinner in our hotel room. <sighs> wow. Yeah, it was like every single person was not okay with... Zach holding my hand and he could feel it in the fact he's pretty he you know is aware of his surroundings but he doesn't he's pretty good at you know not leaning into stuff or being paranoid but he it was so obvious that people were staring at us and it was admittedly you know early 2016 an election year when Mm -hmm. a lot of racial tension started rising and we just got the vibe that was not welcome and I've not been back to that city in Indiana since wow was that in the city like, uh, no, it was, I mean, it kind of was, I mean, yeah, it was a small, like Indianapolis area or? So Indianapolis, I'd been there. We've had some issues when we went for, um, I actually went for a conference there and a lot of the Asian Americans I was with didn't actually feel comfortable going out. So we stayed in. Oh, wow. Um, but the incident that we had was in Fort Wayne, Indiana, wow. more specifically. I've been to South Bend and been fine. So I'm not going to say it's all of Indiana. Yeah. I think it's like concentrated yeah. based off culture. Um, but also, you know, when I lived in Florida, I got a real taste of that, too. Really? Yeah, we went into, like, a fresh, a fish restaurant in Deland, Florida, and people just stared at me like I was not supposed to be there with my, at the time, my white boyfriend. Right. Wow. Yeah. So it's kind of weird to be told by one side that you're not Asian enough, and then be obviously told and visually... May, like you look at different ways so they're like well you're not white enough so right. you're not accepted on both sides so I'm like do I really have as much privilege as some people say I have by being half white yeah and I would always get nervous too with like my friends like even my Asian friends it's like because you can't relate to them on a certain level sometimes yeah because you're not fully Asian or whatever it yeah is. which I fully recognize <clears throat> yeah and same thing with your white friends though you're like wait a second like oh I like we don't do that in my family like you know, I'm part Asian, like, we take our shoes off, you know, things like that, and you just kind of question, like, like, how do I even go about being this, like, mixed thing, <laughs> like, this mixed kid, and uh, even now when you're talking about, like, dating, it's like, you know, for me, I, I don't know, I always had trouble dating and, like, just being a mixed up mixed kid, for, like, so mixed up. <laughs> oh, yeah. When I was in the mix of it, I got my fair. It was just kind of weird was because I never thought I looked Asian, but I would get people would like slide on my Tinder and DM me and be like, hey, you look real exotic. You want to hang oh, out? Oh, my gosh. Oh, the exotic. I, <laughs> when people... I feel like you can relate to this. <laughs> the I feel like that's, like, the only thing people say to me when they try and hit on me. It's, like, 
yo, you're so exotic, like, in the club, I'm, like, trying to dance, and someone's, like, you're so exotic, I'm, like, bubonic, what, and they're, like, you're <laughs> so, I'm, like, what, and they're, like, you're so exotic, like, where are you from, like, what are you, I'm, like, I'm human, man, like, trying to, like, dance, like, they're, like, I'm from I'm, like, help me, <laughs> like, yeah, it's true, for me, too, like, even when I was dating, it would be, like, okay, like, I would date a white dude or whatever, and, like, I just felt, like, we were on like two different spectrums like they just didn't relate to you on certain things i mm-hmm. guess just with your ethnicity and stuff but then sometimes i'm dating like an asian person i'm like wow like what if i'm not asian enough for them like i actually get really nervous sometimes meeting parents you're just like this ambiguous creature in front of them and especially for me too like i don't know chinese i can't even date an asian person and then like speak my native tongue and then it's like oh okay like they're mixed then. but is chinese your native tongue though no but you know, like but I the can't expectation, speak. Yeah. yeah. But it's okay, I get it. I'm first gen, and I don't speak Visaya or Tagalog. Yeah. I, I can understand it. Trust me. I like I got not a curse in, in Greek. Like that's it. <laughs> I, I don't even know if I'm saying it right, but the only like weird Greek thing I, word I ever learned was like mesalysis. It means like making me lose my shit. Mm. We were we would piss off my dance instructor all the time so i heard Greek that stuff <laughs> oh she'd say it to you guys <laughs> yeah. because we, she was make, we were making her lose her mind that's when you know it's bad like that's when you know you're pissing a teacher off is when they start cursing at you and like <laughs> she was a lot of strong I, I was 11 years old was, like, screaming at you in greek yeah i was anyway that's a di- another digression that's what you can expect from me <laughs> but yeah totally it's it's a tough world out there for people and you know the thing is is like i know i brought up privilege and being related to like white and stuff and i will always understand that because of my skin color and being a little bit quote-unquote lighter that i have this natural privilege so Mm. i just want to acknowledge that i do recognize that but i think that something to that a lot of people miss is that we're because we're mixed we're not and I think there's a lot of assumptions as to what privileges are afforded to you. And, right. you know, there has been, as we know, there's been like a lot of stuff going on. And unfortunately, in terms of people being profiled and stuff like this, and just actually a couple of weeks ago, I watched this video of this couple who experienced police brutality. And it scared the shit out of me because it looked like my sister and her boyfriend. Mm. And to me, I was like, I look like my sister. Yeah. And so, I again, I'm not saying that I would be impacted by that, but I could be subjected to it as well. Because I've been profiled. I got pulled over in Arizona for no reason. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because I thought I... Because SB 1070 just came out and they pulled me over because they thought I was Mexican. Oh. And when I asked the guy why he pulled me over, he said, no reason, just you're free to go. Dang. Yeah, I, I always get mistaken for that, too. It's crazy. Yeah, and a lot of people who are listening to this who know me, I don't really share this stuff. So this is probably, like, a lot of stuff that I'm, like, popping out fresh. Because I want to be real raw and honest with people yeah. about experiences. Because I think for us, being mixed kids, like, we're, we're at risk to be hated on both sides. Like, there's definitely <laughs> racism that comes from the Asian side, too, that yeah. we experience, like, kind of... 
not being Asian enough. Yeah, all like the going time. into like an Asian grocery store and uh, like I don't know, you're just like you feel like you must get looks there too sometimes. Like when like, they give you a fork instead of chopsticks. Yeah, they're like, why is this white person in here? And I'm like, yo. <laughs> like, oh, I get it all the time. Where like there's a saying called bagoong in the Philippines, and it's like salted shrimp. It's kind of nasty. It's fish sauce on steroids, and I I love it. Yum. And they always. <laughs> They're like, are you sure you want that? I was like, heck yeah, yeah I do. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. put that shit in my pinakbe right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, for real. But I think then, too, I would say, like, if you feel like you're a mixed-up, mixed kid, dating, and it's something that you have a hard time identifying with, like, my best advice would be be excited that you do have these two parts of you or these multiple parts of you that you can show someone and share with someone. And I think that's important. Like, it's, like, for me, yeah, like, I was saying, like, oh, sometimes it's hard. Like, I don't know, like, what race to date or whatever it is. But, like, at least now what I'm bringing to the table is, like, not only do I get to show you these cool Chinese traditions and these cool Chinese things, but I do have a lot of these fun Greek things that I can show you. And, you know, my wedding is about to be freaking crazy because I got my Greek family doing the Greek dances. I got my Asian family there, too. And we'll go get dim sum the next day. You know what I'm saying? I'll try to cop one of those invites somehow. I'm just oh, going to show you up. Oh, you got it. You got it. Don't <laughs> worry. Don't worry. Well, that's actually <laughs> funny that you say that. It's so my wedding was kind of right. fun like that. Exactly, yeah. So we had a Jewish wedding because my husband's, all of his family is Jewish. And, you know, like I mentioned, I am by religion Jewish myself. And that's how, what we do in our household. But then we had Hawaiian food at my reception. And, and like, we were singing loud music, the whole Mm -hmm. shebang, you know, and the Hawaiian part. And then we had the music that identified with, like, my dad's side of family, which was white. So it's like, it was a whole cultural event. Exactly. And super fun. And I I can say our household is kind of fun, too. So even though it's just my husband and I, we talk about, like, kids and all this stuff. And there's so... Traditions and these fun things. He lets me bring all of that into the home. Yeah. Which is awesome. And all of his traditions get to come into the home, too. So we always joke and say, like, we do Chrismica. Yeah. And we do, you know... For Rosh Hashanah, which is like the Jewish New Year, I'll throw in some Asian dishes and stuff like that. So we kind of put our fun twist. It's possible. You just have to be open-minded to it. Yeah, exactly. And like, even if you aren't mixed, like just in general, if you're ever like, I guess maybe self-conscious about like you're different. Like if you wanted to date someone who wasn't the same race as you, like be excited. Just go in with an open mind and just, and be patient too, to share some things with someone. Sometimes they don't understand like traditions Mm -hmm. at first so that you just need to explain to them like don't get annoyed that they don't know that you're supposed to do this when you meet like an elder or something like that ask questions if you don't know just ask like i think that that's the biggest mistake we have and so for traditions on both sides like especially with jewish traditions because i was still learning you know six years ago I would have to ask. It, yeah. it doesn't just because I'm predominantly Asian culture it doesn't mean I don't have stuff to ask and vice versa. And I think it you learn so much more. And I think m- more people are not offended right. when you ask. They the question. appreciate it. Yeah. I feel like yeah, it's so much more fun to ask questions. Mm-hmm. Then like, you really learn. We need to do a whole session where I'm just going to ask you a bunch of questions <laughs> about being Chinese <laughs> Greek, and I'm like, so what does it mean? Right. What does like except for the exception is I know a lot about your culture, <laughs> but I don't know. I 
I was sick, so I had this boyfriend I brought home, uh-huh. and he literally did not like something. And instead of being polite about it, he made this loud comment of, about it and uh. like spit it out. No, what the heck? He was like just so. What he found disturbing was that the shrimps had their heads on it. Oh, gosh. I was like, bro, that's actually way good. Yeah, my hubby loves shrimp with the head on. I was like. <laughs> You're the one for me. <laughs> wow. Yeah, don't be disrespectful. Like, if you don't like it, you just kind of scoot it to the side or something, you know? Or just ask. Be like, yeah. do they what? have to have the heads what on? What is this exactly? Or tell me after. Right. Like, Not in front of my family. What's in this? Like... <laughs> it was the first time he met my family. All of my family didn't like him, but that's okay. He, like, actually spit that out? Yeah. Or... Wow. But, yeah. He... It was like, you know, you know when you get, like, the shrimp with the heads on. Mm-hmm. You take the shrimp head yeah. off, you suck it, then you you have you to, like, peel it. it yourself. Yeah. And, okay, we get it. Just Some of you are like, but the veins. Yeah. We just learn not to care about it. Yeah. You just eat it, and he wasn't a fan. But, like, mm-hmm. publicly wasn't a fan. And it, because it was a big deal that I was bringing a boy home, like, my extended just made it family. Worse. <laughs> my extended family was there. So, my grandparents are there, my mom, my aunts, yeah. my uncles. I think a good example, though, with my family is that my father, he's hilarious, and I think sometimes he likes, like, Asian foods more than, like, my mom. For Father's Day, he wants to go get dim sum. Like, he's asking to get dim sum more often than Harris, so there's there's an example of just, like, embrace, just embrace the culture. <laughs> just go for it. Enjoy it. My dad's remarried to a Mexican woman. And he, he, don't get me wrong, he loves Mexican cuisine because she... Oh, can he not yo, eat spicy food or... He doesn't like spicy food, mm. but he still eats it. Yeah. And she, her cooking is bomb. If she ever comes to town, yeah, that's he's coming over. But uh, my, my dad still asks me to make him Filipino dishes because he was married to two Filipino women. Mm, and he yeah. loves it. His favorite dish is like canila too, which is Filipino ceviche essentially. <sighs> I need some Filipino food. You got to school me in it. I know, I know, I owe you. When we when I move to the new place, have a better kitchen, and I don't I'm have ready. furniture right now. We're yeah. We're... In my living room on camping chairs. Yeah. But it's not bad. It's very comfortable. I don't even I don't have mind. a couch order. Maybe this is how I'm going to live my life. Minimalism. Yeah, we should talk about minimalism one day. Your face is... was like, don't do that, though. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm all for the minimalism. I think I need to declutter my life. That's that really is another conversation we can talk about. I feel like we're kind of decluttering <laughs> though by unpacking our monk feelings. I feel like we've been very serious and we're just like it's tough. I'm just gonna <laughs> tell people it's it's hard because you like you're you're walking these lines and you go on a take a step in the wrong direction. Someone gets really mad at you. Right. And so you just kind of sit, and I guess for me, it's refreshing to be able to be honest about how I feel right. when it comes to this. But, like, why do we need to, like, why do we even need to worry about these lines? You know what I'm saying? Like, because you always, it, it's just that kind of going back to the Asian culture, right? You want to respect people. Right. Like, we're, we're taught that you got to respect and embrace everybody. But meanwhile, we're just kind of, like, hiding because we don't want to piss anyone off because we have feelings. Right. I don't always feel, but that's a feeling that I get. And for, I'm sorry, for me to have a feeling. Like you don't want to complain about your feeling of feeling not fitting in or like whatever it is. And it's that whole, I think other people have worse problems than I do. So I feel like my feelings for this just aren't that bad. Which, yeah, like I'm, yeah, we're not saying anyone's 
problems are less than ours you know what i'm saying yeah yeah i guess i just get really nervous about coming off the wrong way about feeling weird about being a mom right like yeah you know i don't want to but I don't want to discredit anyone's experience. I don't want to say one race is better than the other. And right. so I just, I feel like I can't talk about it. And that's why you hear me. I re- I recognize that I'm doing this is I'll say something and be like, oh, but I'm not trying to defend yeah. anyone because it's just so, there's so much sensitivity right now. And mm-hmm. I want to embrace everyone's struggles, but it's hard because like, you know, you want to be there to support struggles, but now you've kind of going through your own mental and emotional ones right now and that's been kind of my burden that I've been holding that I just unloaded on you today so thanks for listening to my podcast talk (laughs) yeah I mean being mixed like being any race or like any identity like every single path is so unique too so you should never feel like you should never feel like your feelings are invalidated because they're because it's just you like it's just you know I don't know if I'm making any sense, but it's unique. Like you're the path you have as a mixed kid is different than the path I have as a mixed kid. And then same thing. Like even if you're just Chinese, like your own path as your with your Chinese identity is so different than all these other people who are Chinese. So it's never like that feeling should be invalidated or it's less than or anything because it's just so unique to you. Yeah, I just don't want to come off as you know how J Lo. Did you hear what J Lo and A Rod did? No. They like made this huge public post about how they're so sad and that they couldn't spend two point seven billion dollars to buy the Mets, and it was just kind of insensitive timing. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think I, I just I'm afraid of coming off that way, mm-hmm. right? With everything that's going on, right. it's like, oh, why am I griping if I'm safe and I don't have to right. worry about things? But definitely. But these, everything that's happening right now has me thinking about it, mm-hmm. is how do I navigate and be myself through all of this? Right. Yeah, and I think this is just meant to be an open discussion, too, and, like, we'd love to hear what other, like, how other people feel, too, about, like, their own identities. If you're mixed, if you're not, if you're Asian, if you're white, if you're Latino, like, if you're black, or, like, whatever you are, like, we would love to hear just, like, yeah, do you relate to us in any sense, you know, or, do, like, have you had similar paths or issues or like I don't know like I would even be curious to hear from like someone of a different race who was dated me before or something like that like was it weird like what was going on you know I know the whole episode with her exes well I think an exes panel only one of them still talks to me (laughs) one of the two Oh, I, I, I've never, so I'm kind of, I don't look at dating too seriously, so I would date, but then they would never go any further, so I only have, like, two and a half people I've dated, mm-hmm. and when I say the last two people, um, it was, like, 18 months of friends with Benny's, and I'm like, okay, that was a relationship, I'm just gonna call what it was, yeah. but we wouldn't put a title on it, because we could, still could see other people. Yeah. So I was in an open relationship? <laughs> Question mark. Question mark. I was in a some I was in a what is it, a situation ship? <laughs> like a situation ship. But a situation. Yeah, ship. A situation ship. That's what you were or in. Situation ship. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> situation ship. But I think we can also say that, like, it's kind of cool to announce we finally got all of our social media handles yes. down. Yeah. So if you want to tweet at us, it's at I I G E podcast. Um, if you want to email us, is it good enough at gmail or is it, is it good enough podcast at gmail.com? Instagram is, is it good enough podcast too? Yes. So comment. Yeah. And we're working on like quality content and 
stuff like that. I think it's just we're finding the theme of what we want to be putting on there. But yeah. navigating our identities, navigating our podcast. We're just on this little lost mixed up journey. Where are we going? But it's kind of a fun journey if you think about it. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. I feel like I'm learning more about myself. Or like at least it's making me think more about myself too. Like I don't know if I would just like go about my day and be like, I wonder how my identity ties into this. You know what I'm saying? So I guess like the question is, like, how have you found your identity? Let's see. I had a mixed up mixed kid moment. I went to a full moon reading the other day because something I've been getting more into is just tarot cards and like spirituality and meditation and all that jazz. So we were there and I was talking to someone and somehow, oh, like body image came up or you know that was a topic and then of course body image kind of always relates to me being asian too partly and someone asked me um how do you identify yourself like when someone asks you like what ethnicity are you like or do you just say like oh, i'm asian i'm white or do you say i'm mixed and then how do you say you're mixed like do you say i'm chinese and greek or do you say i'm asian and white or do you say i'm white and asian right and so honestly when he first asked me like it depends sometimes i do just say asian and i think it's when i'm actually speaking to white people i'll usually say oh i'm asian or some then sometimes i'll just say oh i'm chinese and greek but i always i do say chinese before greek more i don't know if it's and actually i do feel like it's because i feel like i embrace the asian side more but he made such a good point and he said well I um he identified himself as Korean and white and he said that he specifically put it in that order for a reason and he mentioned how it's very important for him to acknowledge the privilege that we are half white and you know I was sitting there and I was like he does have such a good point and it's not something when you can kind of like pick and choose oh I'm Asian now yeah or I'm white now um so I think that was something really interesting and kind of put my like thoughts more into perspective, I guess. So how do you, how would how would you usually identify yourself? So it's kind of like this whole weird conflict for me. Right. Um because I've had similar conversations to the ones that you've had. <laughs> and um and one of the things that they really kind of talked about was just calling yourself multiracial. Right. And you know who are more races you know? yeah and so i think it's important yes to ident- identify and say there's a privilege of being white but what if you're something that doesn't shine through mm. so why you know i understand like privilege and stuff and when we're talking about what's going on in the world and and black people do have disadvantages currently and i really do you know i hope that 10 years from now that we're all kind of on an equal playing field but i personally struggle because um i'm filipino and chinese right Mm -hmm. and i actually used to identify my chinese side first because i was always taught like chinese is more beautiful chinese is superior and a lot of my friends around me are Chinese and not really Islanders, so I would just right. be, I would just say, oh, I'm I'm Chinese too. Right. And with everything that's going on, I've kind of had my eyes open to colorism within the Asian Asian sectors. Like rich Asian jungle Asian. I don't know if you ever seen Ali Wong. I have. Yeah. I saw her live too. Really great. <laughs> but because of that, I've just really personally struggled, and because I'm not, you know, I am Chinese, but I'm Filipino. 
Yeah. Because I'm, that's what I'm saying. Filipino more too, I feel like. I'm getting now. there. Yeah. 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 And so I do that now, but I used to really lean into being Chinese, but I wasn't really raised Chinese. Like I'm familiar with the culture, but my family is from the Philippines. Mm-hmm. And even though my grandfather's first generation uh, in the Philippines, like his family immigrated to chi- from China when he was young during a lot of wartime. Or actually, I guess he's not even first gen, but my mom's first gen. On her side, it's just kind of this whole thing is that they had to pretend. It, it was weird. At one point, they even had to pretend they weren't Chinese in the Philippines. And they wow. went by my grandmother's last name. And these are the stories that I've been told that, you know, they couldn't identify as Chinese. And so it's just kind of this whole thing. It's so weird. Mm-hmm. But because of that, I just kind of had these identity issues that have really come up uh, as of late. And with the um, discussion around colorism is that I kind of had this aha moment. Is the racism that I experienced before the equate to what black people have experienced? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. But have I experienced it on my amongst my peers? Absolutely. Right. All the time. And even in within the Filipino community, I, I would be gifted things like papaya soap because I would get super dark during the summers and I'd be too dark and they would want me to be lighter and all of this stuff and so and i was just naturally dark mm-hmm. and filipinos are naturally dark right but here's what i'm gonna share with you today <laughs> oh so, yes i'm excited so this mixed up mixed kid part is gonna go lean into remember when i first introduced myself i said i was asian and caucasian well i found out my dad is not just caucasian mm-hmm. and that's my great-great-grandfather is a black man. And here's a picture of him. No way! Your dad is, like, white-looking. Like, I've seen pictures, and I'm like, oh, she's Asian and white. That's my great-great-grandfather. And then this... Oh, yeah, do they have pictures of, like, the kids and stuff? No. And then this is oh. my great-grandfather. All right. Oh. This is my dad's grandfather. And then the one before that was your... My great great. So we're missing one in between. Oh, but okay. he's my great great. But then that's my dad's actual grandfather, who's also black. Wow! Did your dad never never told you or? So my dad is a bastard child. Oh, um, so, so he doesn't know. know his anything about his dad's side. Wow. And so I got this random text today from my aunt, and she said, "Hey, found this picture," and she said, "If anyone gives you a tough time about Black Lives Matter, you now have something to fight for." <laughs> right. And I found out that my great-great-grandfather was put into jail for a bullshit money thing. And it was literally because he was a black man yeah. making money in the nineteen early 1900s. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. So are you, like, basically like one-eighth or, like, something I, it, like I that? I mean, I know it gets, like, washed out yeah. over time. But, but it's still you. But it makes sense. Mm-hmm. There's just certain, like things in my genetics that I couldn't understand. Oh, yeah. Like why my hair is a little kinky, mm-hmm. to be honest. Like I I and that's another thing too, right? Because I didn't have the beautiful Asians have pinched straight hair. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I always had like this kinky hair and that I had to like relax and we just oh. never knew. And I find out literally today I found out it's all in my genes. That's crazy. I showed it to your mom and she was like, Wow, that actually looks like you and I was like because my dad's adopted, so I don't right. really get to see pictures of people that look like me. Yeah. And so, it like, the first time I saw a family member with my eyes that wasn't my dad blew my mind. Because wow. even though I have the small eyes, these are actually my dad's side. Wow. 
So That's so crazy. I have, I come from a family of black men. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, that's it's nice that you get to know that, you know? Yeah. And get to, like, find, like, another way to identify yourself and connect with yourself more. Yeah. I guess the moral of the story is that just because... Because you see my dad. My dad looks very white. White dude, yeah. And it makes me wonder is how much do people actually know about their history and their backgrounds? And right. why are we in such a racial fight when... You could grow up thinking you were this white guy. Like, my dad always right. knew, but we didn't know until today how, like, we thought it was just one grandpa. But it's actually, like, yeah. passed down, and our family does have this history where they immigrated through the Cayman Islands over. So it all kind of makes sense, but yeah. I just didn't really know until today when I saw a gentleman who looks like me. Wow, that's so cool. Thanks for sharing. That's crazy. Yeah, my mom, I'm still digesting, so yeah. when you ask me about... What I identify, I was like, what, what, what am I now? Right. I, I guess I'm the ultimate definition of someone that's multiracial. Yeah, really, at this point. Because you have so many, you have different Asians in you. I'm literally and, black, white, and Asian. Yeah. Do you, maybe you have some Latino somewhere. I mean, Spanish. Yeah, that's true, because of Filipinos. <laughs> Filipinos. So, when people ask me to identify, it's really troublesome. So, this kid here, me... Really mixed up mixed kid. Really try. Probably needs some therapy now. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm not going to the bathroom. I'm pouring a cup of water. Oh, man. That's interesting because, like, sometimes, too, I just kind of think about it. I'm like, yeah, like, of course, like, I'm Asian. I'm Greek. But I, I feel like I'm not, like, like, at what point do I say, like, oh, I'm American? Or, like, do you, like, do you identify yourself as American, too? Like, because I'm not, a lot of my Asian friends, they're second-gen kids, and I'm third-gen. So, at this point, it's kind of, like, I don't know. I just think it's interesting because the way that my mom raises me and, like, my dad, too, you can kind of, there's still nuances of, like, the culture but it kind of gets like more and more washed away and I like I kind of look at my friends or like you know our sisters and they're like they're first gen kids and I'm like man their kids are probably going to be like a little bit like me in a way in a non-narcissistic way but I'm sure it'd be kind of cool if their kids were like me no, 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 just, <laughs> but uh, you know what I'm saying like how it just like they kind of become more Americanized and like yeah and it I, loses certain like aspects of yeah, I actually have a friend who is first gen or second gen Indian. It's very interesting, right? Because her parents, even though they're first gen, are very traditional, you can say. And mm-hmm. then now she's second gen, and she, you know, she's visited India, but she's never really been there. Whereas I think for me, my dad's American, but my mom is was not. My mom didn't become an American citizen until after I was born. So. You know, it's kind of been an interesting experience with Mm -hmm. the pressures of doing well because your family immigrated here and these expectations are high. And sometimes I wonder, too, if the societal pressures were higher than what my family was. And so I just kind of absorbed that is it good enough attitude because just it's, you know, everyone's like, you're Asian, that model minority, you got to be doing well. Uh And so sometimes I wonder... I look back on it, and my family was tough on me, but, but my, was my family really that tough on me, or was it all in here? Like, a I mental can game. To that. Yeah, definitely. And I think, especially, like, I wrote down, like, mix the mix kid, I think in high school was always kind of the hardest 
hardest for me to navigate because going to a predominantly white high school when you're even when you're half asian you're just like the asian you're asian you're you know? the asian yeah. because you're the only mm-hmm. minority mm-hmm. same it happened to me in high school too predominantly white high school i hung out with the other two asians mm-hmm. i went to school with yeah and like i think it at that point too it was like okay like i was just like i'm just gonna own this because it just makes me different and i'm just gonna really lean into this whole asian thing and i you know and then now that i'm older i'm kind of like huh like that's interesting you know i don't know what i'm leaning into anymore i think i have at like today you can see i put meals on the table that we would call filipino breakfast um but i think at this point i feel after this conversation i feel like i am the definition of what it means to be american a melting pot yeah Mm-hmm. I guess we kind of are American, huh? Right. I mean, you don't want to identify sometimes with, like, the values that, you know, or what they're saying right now. You're like, I don't want to be an American. But, like, the, like you said, the concept of a melting pot itself is American. Yeah. It's don't worry. I'm probably still going to have this ongoing identity crisis throughout the end <laughs> as we fill more of these. So I'll give updates as I explore. Yeah. I mean, I think finding your identity like i don't think in a way you will ever find it because it's always changing in a way like how you perceive the world and how you perceive yourself is always going to kind of change i'm so mixed up (laughs) i don't know if i'm good enough anymore no always good enough always good enough i'm i'm literally the walking like i'm literally what our race is going to be in 28 years like i am yeah you're you're the projected race i really am but like I said, the more mixed you are, survival of the fittest, man. Those jeans are like, boom, best jeans. Boom, boom, boom. I mean, if I do say so myself. They mixed, yo. <laughs> but, but real, like at this point, I've found out that I am yeah. Asian. And I'm not, I'm so I'm Chinese. I'm Filipino. I'm Filipino Spanish. And then, so Filipino Spanish Chinese on my mom's side. On my dad's side, some sort of Caucasian. Black. Like, I am the whole right. picture right I, I am what people might look like people can look at me as a role model yeah for real i'm just kidding don't you don't have to it's so true they totally can i think you'd be a great role model oh. <laughs> <laughs> but so would you so are you oh my gosh thanks. <laughs> so then i don't know if this is a stupid question but like you know how filipinos are technically just like the original mixed person i guess like not well, the like, original but like you know, it was, like, the Spanish and then, mm-hmm. you know, Philippines. Like, I wonder if eventually, if, like, America just keeps mixing so much, if it would just really, like, just be, like, oh, I'm American. Like, people would totally stop saying all the mixed parts they are. Yeah, I think that if we get past this racial disparity mm-hmm. issue, then absolutely. Yeah. And with the Philippines, you know, I know Joe Coy jokes about it a lot, but it's really true. It's actually really interesting. I've done a lot of research on, like, Native people for different countries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of Native people have very similar, a lot of similarities. And so you want to get, like, super science and, like, mm-hmm. high, higher thing is, I was thinking about Pangea. Oh, yeah, Pangea. And if you look at Native people for all of these different countries, they have so many similarities, and the only thing I can really relate it to is Pangea. Right, because in a They were just part. walking everywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but there's all, actually also... They're you know, straight and all those they're straight. There are straight Filipinos still. And if you right, watch... Like pure. Pure. Mm-hmm. Like, there are pure. 
and it I don't know if there's like a lead I don't I'm so far removed that I don't know if there's like some elite thing with it but um there are pure Filipinos where there's Filipinos who lived up in the islands like deep in the mountains so they were not actually colonized and if you go to those mountains and you take that trek you can go there and that's where why a lot of Filipinos have like the warrior tattoos Mm -hmm. is because like that's what that signifies is it it is there yeah so if you look at the native cultures through all of these different countries, like everyone has like tribal tattoos. They have uh-huh. just the way of life. It's yeah. like they're different, but similar kind of like what we are today. Yeah. But Pangea, we're all connected. We're all related. I mean, yeah. Depending on your own belief too. Like we all just start from monkeys. Like, you know. I'm for it. For, yeah. Just evolution. So yeah, we definitely are all connected. It's just... What if we were just, like, dinosaurs and eggs, but then just, like, formed weird? <laughs> like, the humans coming out of the eggs. Yeah, we're like, ah! <laughs> and then we're like, no more eggs for us. I know, that's a little far-fetched, and pe- people probably think. Well, <laughs> Bill... No, not Bill Nye. Neil, this is random, but Neil deGrasse Tyson solved the what came first, the chicken or the egg. And it had to be, like... Because people are like, oh, like, you need to have the chicken to, like, have the egg. Like, technically, it would probably be the egg. And what happened was it was just a dinosaur or some other species that had a mutation. And then they became the chicken. So, technically, it is the egg. Yeah. And then a different species. So, stop saying the chicken came first, guys. It's the egg. Neil deGrasse said. Yeah. <laughs> Neil deGrasse said it was a mutated egg. <laughs> and science. What came first? The half-Chinese... You know, like... That mixed up, good... mixed kid, or... <laughs> but, like, if we trace the roots back, we're all just Native people. Yeah. So we're all like... mixing up. Yeah, I mean, it, we always joke that, you know, all of Chinese, like, who are we all related to? That one guy. Oh, my gosh, it's escaping my mind. Genghis Khan. Yes. <laughs> Genghis Khan. Why did I forget that? Yeah, we're all related <laughs> to Genghis Khan. Like, he... He, he was an like Asian colonizer, like... Yeah, he was an Asian colonizer. Like, he literally... He's like Alexander the Great. Like, let me just spread this here. <laughs> Woo, Genghis Khan. Wait. Oh boy. Well, I feel like that's honestly what we want to talk about, right? Well, I, guess, I think the last question is yeah. like, even though we talk about all these challenges, is why do you like being mixed? Yeah. Why do I like being mixed? I feel like I definitely touched upon it. Just being unique. Like, like I can go into a room, and the likelihood of someone being half Chinese and half Greek is pretty slim. And if they were, that would be super lit. Like, that would be even more fun. Like, I'd be like, what? But, so, like, I guess it just comes, like, that uniqueness I enjoy. And, you know, I bring, I guess, something different to the table. I can educate these people about these other cultures, and it's just fun. And then you can just have this fun exchange, and you can learn. And, you know, like, even one of my roommates, like, she was Italian and Irish. And, like, that's mixed, too. She's totally mixed. And, you know, she would have these Italian things they do. And then, you know, Irish people have their own thing. And, you know, it's just it's fun to share these different sides of you with people. And, you know, don't let your fear of, like, not fitting in take away from that. You know, yeah. don't be afraid to share that that you are different. You know, don't feel like you need to fit into just one specific mold. And I think... That's why I like being mixed. I don't I don't need to fit into one specific mold. I fit into the mold that I'm forming for myself. And I think you bring up a great point. Like we just both happen to be like right. mixed up Asian yeah. kids. But you know, Irish and Polish are completely different. Totally, yeah. Greek and Russian are completely totally. different. 
you know, English and French, even though they're, you know, across the pond from each other, completely different. different. Mm -hmm. So everyone has their history. um, And I think that that's a really key point in all of this is that you can be a mix of mixed kid, any color, any Mm -hmm. shape, any height, Mm -hmm. and you're going to pull genetics from all these crazy places. And it will be confusing and you won't have someone who looks like you and you may not have, you know, like similar things to people, but... But it's so much fun when you find people like we found each other who we can just sit here and gripe about it. You know, there's also subtle, subtle happy treats. Oh yeah, I think on I'm in it. I'm totally in it. I think you liked my comment. Now that I think about it, when like <laughs> <laughs> I think I did. Actually, I I do think. I think it was on the name thing actually that I because po- I never post in there, but I did write a comment when someone's like, "What's the most irritating yeah. thing someone says to you? You don't look like a name." Yeah, and I liked it. I was like, "Okay, Dubs, I see you." <laughs> <laughs> but uh-uh, I will add some of my. I, I like being flavorful. I like the fact that I'm educated about the world through my experiences and. You know, as much as it's painful, sometimes emotionally scarring to be discredited from both sides of what you're mixed with. At the end of the day, I know that I live a super cool life because of it. Like, Mm -hmm. we take off the shoes when you walk in the house. And then during the holiday season, we have a Christmas tree and a Hanukkah bush. And, you know, a menorah. We also call it Christmas tree a Hanukkah bush because it's funny. Oh, yeah. No, a lot of people do that. It's (laughs) hilarious. But, you know, it's just... I don't know. I like being unique. I like being, in quotes, exotic. Right. It's part of the fun. I don't know why. I always just, I always just think to like weddings because I just think that's like just super fun. Just when it's all mixed up. Yeah. And it's so different. And then you, these people from your family are experiencing these things. Like for my mom, like she was the first Asian person to marry a white person in her family. So she had. She was the first one to really have like that big. She got baptized and then had a wedding in a Greek church and then, you know, had this big wedding and they were doing Greek dances and it's like all her whole family got to experience this whole new thing and you get to share these new experiences with people. I think it's awesome to just be open and keep mixing like that. I'm if so they're... ready to go to your wedding because I already know all the dances. Like, I, I got The this. circle one? Oh, I know all of them. Mm-hmm. I know Zona Oh, yeah, you I used know, to do Greek dancing. I know to go I know Sierto, I know it all. Yeah. Bring it. I sent you that picture. It's legit, though. Like, I legit sent her a picture of me in old, you like, post Greek. That. Yeah, I'll let, I'll let you take like, the lead on it. Like, mixed up, mixed kid things. But that's, like, super mixed because I'm not even Greek. I'm just confused <laughs> at that point. No, I, my dad's second wife was Greek Orthodox, so we yeah. were Greek Orthodox from here. I told you, I've been through a lot with religion. Yeah, it's crazy. It's so cool. But. I think yeah. closing off, just no matter what, like, whatever ethnicity you are, no matter how mixed up you feel, just remember that, like, you're always unique and just value yourself and value, you know, your differences and your own uniqueness. And when you can love yourself, you can love others. And I think at the end of the day, the confusion is always going to be there. But as long as you can remember the bigger picture, you can get through that it's- because... I I don't like saying, you know, I understand we need negativity for karmic balance and stuff, but I think that we spend too much time maybe getting upset out of things that maybe we can just push to the side because I look back on that experience of someone telling me, oh, you weren't Asian and stuff. And after I processed it with some really great friends who helped me to understand that, you know what, I am Asian enough. I do know that struggle. Like people I know have that struggle, so therefore I can feel it too. And I was just like, ever since then, I'm fine. Right. But yeah, maybe that, that comment was even like 
maybe it was a door for discussion. Like maybe that was coming from something they had to navigate to themselves, you know? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Uh, maybe. But sometimes people say things just because they're hurting. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Like, maybe they just need to navigate through something, too. And it could have been... It's not an excuse to hurt others, though. Don't say mean shit for no reason. Yeah. Actually, just don't be mean. Yeah. Let's all love each other. (laughs) Yeah, please. I just want world peace. Right. And I guess the last thing we would say is just remember that you are good enough. You are. Yeah. So when you're questioning, is this good enough or am I good enough? You are. (laughs) We love everybody. Yeah. Black, white, Asian, yeah. or I guess black, white, yellow. Yeah. Share <laughs> share your journeys of, like, navigating your identity and your race and your ethnicity yes. and stuff. We would love to hear it, so. And if you're not comfortable attaching your name, we will share your story. Because we want to share more stories. Yes, so tweet please at us, share stories. Slide into our DMs, slide into our email, all of it. Yeah. Maybe we can even get you on the podcast one day, get you guys talking. Sibling... Sibling panel, hey bros, if you're listening. <laughs> and sisters, my sisters. And, yeah, and sisters. If they want to participate, but. Well, that's a great one. Until next time. Peace out. Bye. You good enough? <laughs>